Welcome to the Gem on the Queen's Crown. Here's your host, Lee W. Mowen. Hello, you, and welcome to episode three of the podcast where I take a bite out of crime and others take the credit. Wait. That's not the right podcast. This is the right podcast for Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports. As the intro suggests, I am Lee W. Mowen, and you can follow me on Twitter and Facebook at the Lee W. Mowen. Check out my website, theleewmowen.com, and also check out the host website, gemcitysports.com, GCSN. Also, you can listen to my podcast on Google Play and iTunes. Just search Gem in the Queen City. Enough intro, let's talk about the summer of 2017. Now, let me ask you something. When you think summer sports, what do you think of? Most likely, your answer is going to be baseball. Fair enough. And you're probably going to think football, because today, August 1st, was the first day of football practices, of course. What about soccer? Of course there's soccer out there. It's great. That's your big thing. For today's episode, baseball and soccer in Cincinnati and Dayton sure have a lot of it. So let's waste no time. Let's jump into the pool known as Summer 2017 Sports in Cincinnati and Dayton. Splash. Because that's what sounds like when you jump in a pool. Splash. There you go. First off the bat, we're talking summer baseball. This is summer collegiate baseball first, because technically, most of your minor and major league baseball happens during the summer. A little bit in the spring, a little bit in the autumn, uh, but your big chunk of it is the summer months. As summer collegiate ball, the real difference between that and college ball, one, the time frame, because college baseball is normally February onward until June, July finish up the college world series summer collegiate ball it starts in may june depending on what league you're in and the real difference is number two you get to use wooden bats in summer ball mm-hmm. so there are two leagues in this area we have the great lakes summer collegiate league which from here on out is just the great lakes league and the second one is the Prospect League. Both these teams have a footprint in the Dayton-Cincinnati area. The Prospect League has a team in the area, the Champion City Kings. They're from Springfield, Ohio. And if you're wondering, well, why couldn't they just call themselves that? Springfield. Well, there's a problem with that because the Prospect League already has a Springfield team. Springfield, Illinois. Not Springfield, Ohio. And actually, it was the old Sliders of Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania franchise. They sold it. They moved it to Springfield, Ohio. And there came the name Champion City. Didn't realize that it was such an old nickname for Springfield. But there you go. The Champion City Kings. They represent the Prospect League. And their closest opponent would have to be the Chillicothe, Ohio Paints. They're in Ross County and closer to Central Ohio. Therefore, not the big point 
of reference. However, they've been around since the 90s, and they were a Frontier League team at the time, which is independent ball. The closest indie ball team we have would be the Florence, y'all, sorry, Florence, Kentucky Freedom, which I keep thinking is very close to Cincinnati, but it's not as close as I think. First thing you think of Florence, Kentucky, other than the Freedom, hopefully, is the Water Tower. That's why I said Florence, y'all. Originally, I was supposed to say Florence Mall, but I think it was state law saying you can't advertise the mall on a water tower. Something like that. Look it up. It's it's in there somewhere. In there, I mean the internet. The Great Lakes League has a bigger footprint in this area. From the north, you have the Lima Locals, who... Very, very good club. One of the oldest clubs. In fact, the oldest club in the Great Lakes. Then you have the Grand Lake Mariners. Grand Lake, of course, being Grand Lake St. Mary's up in Salina, Ohio. Second oldest team. They've been around since 1990. And good news for Grand Lake fans. It was the Mariners with a playoff win. But we'll get to that as soon as I get done talking about all these teams. Almost feels like a little bit of a repeat from episode number one, but trust me, this does have a point. And then you also have the Xenia Scouts in Greene County, Ohio at the Athletes in Action Complex. You have the Richmond, Indiana Jazz, who won the Southern Division of the Great Lakes. You also have the Hamilton Joes. They are named after the old left-hander, Joe Nuxall. You have the Cincinnati Steam. You once had a team at Wright State University called the Dayton Docks, but that's been years gone by now. That's your look at the Great Lakes, Miami Valley, and Cincinnati teams. So the three local teams that are in the playoffs, Grand Lake, Lima being the number one seed, and the Richmond Jazz. Grand Lake had a playoff game tonight that just went final. They were playing at Athens, Ohio's Bob Wren Stadium, home of the Ohio University Bobcats, and also during the summer, the Southern Ohio Copperheads, or Cheds, if you look at it the wrong way on the uh, Twitter, on the Twitter, on the Twitter machines. There you go. Grand Lake defeated Southern Ohio by a score of 4-3, to three, and the other game in playoff action in the Great Lakes, St. Clair Green Giants, oh, ho, ho, Green Giants, 6, and Lake Erie Monarchs, 0. And this is important because it's St. Clair battling with Lima tomorrow, starting a three-game series, or best-of-three series, I should say, and Richmond will take on Grand Lake Mariners, also tomorrow, starting at McBride Stadium in Richmond, Indiana. And I mentioned Prospect and the Great Lakes Summer Collegiate League, but Richmond, Indiana was a home for a couple years in the Prospect League, the Richmond River Rats. I was a broadcaster there for two seasons. Nice facility, a classic facility, kept up quite nicely. And definitely, if you get a chance to watch Summer Ball, you don't have much time left, but there are options around you. Again, Grand Lake defeated Southern Ohio 4-3, and St. Clair defeated Lake Erie 6-0. And no, the Green Giants are not a reference to the vegetable guy. Hence why I did the reference, ho ho ho, Green Giants. Now I'm hungry. You don't care. Let's move on. Also in 
Prospect League news. Champion City, five games back of first place Butler at the time of this recording. And you need to be in first or second to get into the playoffs. That sounds fine and dandy, but third place West Virginia is a game back of Champion City with just a couple games to play. Prospect League playoffs don't start until the 6th. So, Champion City, they have a couple more games to really put the nail down and clinch their first playoffs as a franchise in Springfield, Ohio. And in first place, Butler, Pennsylvania, and the Blue Sox. They're the Farthest East team in the Prospect League. The Farthest West would be Quincy, Illinois. It used to be Hannibal, Missouri, home of the Cavemen, but that franchise called 2017 off. At least I think it was just 2017. It might have been permanent folding, but there you go. So that's your look at the local summer ball teams. And we move from... The Summer Ball Diamond to the Minor League Diamonds. That's right, the Dayton Dragons, the single-A affiliate of the Cincinnati Reds. The first half, they clinched a playoff spot. So the second half, they don't really need to worry about that. However, the second half isn't great for the Dragons, as they have won 13 of about 30-plus games. However, I will tell you that... In the second half, there has been an amazing story. One of Jose Siri. You see, in the Midwest League, the hitting streak, the record hitting streak, was at 35, set by a gentleman, Tony Topps, of the Waterloo Indians in 1977. Yes, the Midwest League has been around for a long, long time. That record hasn't been touched, like I mentioned, 40 years, 1977. You know, the years after the Big Red Machine and we was robbed and a couple years away from the 90 World Series and maybe a year or so away from WKRP in Cincinnati. How you like that reference? So Jose Siri broke a 40-year-old record just the other day. In fact, yesterday, July 31st, as we were recording on the evening of August the 1st, 2017, Jose Siri broke the record, which was sitting at 35, and he got his 36th game in a row with a hit. He was 0 for 2 with two strikeouts, and down the count his third at bat, nothing in two. He then laced a single into left field. I tell you, the pictures taken just really shows his enthusiasm. For that record breaking. Of course you're thinking. Well duh Lee. It's a big record. It's been around since 77. Who wouldn't? Answer. Pretty much everyone would be excited. But. If you look at the pictures. I believe they're on the Dayton Dragons. Professional baseball team page. Give that a thumbs up. Just see. Just see. The passion. On that. Getting hit number 36. The Dragons played earlier today. They lost the game 6-1. to one. However, Siri, his first at-bat, wastes no time, continue the record. He's now at 37 straight games. The Dragons are back home the 2nd of August, and they'll have a couple games at home against the Great Lakes Loons and the Lansing Lugnuts. It's hard to say Great Lakes and Grand Lake together when you're talking about baseball because those are different things. Great Lakes, of course, you know, 
the five hovering around the Midwest, and Grand Lake, like I mentioned, the man-made, the man-made lake in Salina, not to be confused with man-made lava for some reason. I don't know why I was about to say that. So the Dayton Dragons, they got swept in four games by the Fort Wayne Tin Caps, who are looking to chow down on a second-half playoff spot. There's four total per division out of the eight teams, so there's 16 teams in the Midwest League. You get the top spot in the first half, or you get the wild card spot, meaning second place. In the second half, you already clinched a playoff spot you can't clinch to. Wouldn't that be nice, though? How would you use that? I don't know. But if you're tops in the second half, you get the second half division win. If you get the second place spot in second half, you get the wild card there. And the playoffs are going to be as follows. September 6th is the Dayton Dragons home game against the West Michigan Whitecaps. And then they'll be on the road at Comstock Park, Michigan at Fifth Third Ballpark. Fifth Third has a lot of parks. They even have a AAA ball club in Toledo that has Fifth Third Field too. But anyway, that's not that's not relevant. West Michigan will host Dayton for one and, if needed, game three. So the host games two and three, Dayton hosts game one. I tell you, West Michigan, they lost most of their talent after the All-Star break. I mean, you had a guy that was leading Midwest League in batting average and RBIs and hits and doubles and extra base. I mean, West Michigan, just a machine. And they keep ticking on. They lost most of their top talent to Advanced A and Double A. And West Michigan hasn't lost a step. So, prepare for a fun 2017 playoff season. However, that's not for another month or so. We still have regular season to go through until about the 3rd or 4th of September. So come on out to the ballpark and support your Cincinnati and Dayton teams. And speaking about Cincinnati... Wouldn't be fair to have a sports podcast about Cincinnati and Dayton sports without the big cheese themselves, the Cincinnati Reds. I gotta say, the first half, I was quite proud. I was like, okay, this is this is fine. Un- Ten games under five hundred. I wasn't expecting, you know, a World Series win. I like to see the Reds succeed. I like to see wins. I think most fans feel the same way. Well, maybe not that fan. I forget if it was Major League... I don't think it was Angels in the Outfield. It's one of the baseball movies. Pretty much put electrical tape on the Chief Wahoo smile so it looked like he was missing teeth. You know, that's funny. But <laughs> Reds in the second half. Hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo, boy. <laughs> you want to talk about it? No, I don't think most people do. However, I will say today, Jesse Winker was called up to the Cincinnati Reds and as Philip Irvin was too, both of them. Reds, former Dragons, so it's always neat to see former Dragons move up to the major leagues. I think the total's around the 90s now for Dayton. Remember, Dayton moved from Rockford, Illinois in officially 2000 when Fifth Third Field wasn't quite complete. In fact, if you go on a tour taking you through the press box, you'll see some of the pictures of the construction. I think it was kind of neat just to see, but the scoreboard was hanging on a crane. So, there you go. A little bit of Dragon's history. You still should take a tour of the press box, trust me. So, the Reds might be struggling mightily, but I will say tonight's 
smashing win at Pittsburgh. It's what the Reds fan and the doctor ordered. That and Apple, because the doctor wants to be away. But yeah, Cincinnati Reds and the Dayton Dragons, nice little friendship there. I definitely like the I-75 friendship between Cincinnati and Dayton, because most of the time when you think Cincinnati and Dayton, you think, ooh, mean rivals, or stuff like that. I guess you think that. I don't know what you think. I don't know what I think half the time. So we talk about baseball. We've talked summer ball, minor league ball, major league ball for a little bit. Now we talk about the 17th annual Bob Ross Classic. And your thoughts jump to, okay, you're talking about baseball, now you're talking about the painter. First up, no, I'm not talking about the painter. There's a car dealership, Bob Ross, mostly concentrated in Centerville and the South Dayton region. Uh, But for 17 years, Bob Ross, Auto Group, have had this game where the incoming seniors, meaning they're graduating in 2018 for this year, They'll take the best seniors of local baseball teams and they'll stick them on and they'll play baseball. Funny that. A nine-inning game and it was the white team defeating the blue team 8 to nothing that night. Had a couple Springfield Wildcats, a Tri-County North Panther. Of course, Tri-County North being near my hometown, West Alexandria, so that was neat to see. Had a Franklin Wildcat, had a Franklin Monroe Jet, and before you ask local fans, no, Franklin Monroe is not near Franklin, nor is it near Monroe in Butler County slash Warren County. It is Southern Dark County, and those are two townships that the school district covers. Happy now. My point being, a lot of local talent, it was great to be a part of, and I even took the liberty of making a video of me doing the public address announcing. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Fifth Third Field in downtown Dayton, Ohio, and welcome to the annual Bob Ross Classic. Tonight's All-Star Showcase features the best incoming high school seniors in the Miami Valley. At this time, please direct your attention to the field as we introduce tonight's teams. First up, the white team. From Kettering Archbishop Alter High School, number one, Kevin Bowie. From Stebbins High School, number two, Owen Holland. From Springboro High School, number three, Luke Donahue. From Fort Loramie High School, number four, Dylan Albers. From Northwestern High School, number five, Gage Voorhees. From Rushi High School, number six, Hunter Cohee. From Bell Fountain High School, number seven, Tommy Belzer. From Springfield High School, number eight, Avery Swigart. From Kettering Fairmont High School, number nine, Kenny Sherrick. From Fairborn High School, number 11, Will Coleman. 
from Xenia High School, number 12, Travis Newell. And from Oak Hills High School, number 13, Tyler Murphy. The coaching staff of the white team, the assistant coach from Milton Union High School, Mark Gunston. And the head coach from Kettering Archbishop Alter High School, Rick Bleiberg. Ladies and gentlemen, the white team. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the blue team. From Franklin Monroe High School, number one, Bryce Philbrum. From Springfield High School, number two, Nate McLaughlin. From Chaminade Julian High School, number three, Ryan Peltier. From Urbana High School, number four, Caleb Bodle. From Newton High School, number five, Trey Jackson. From Centerville High School, number six, Riley Poulton. From Newton High School, number seven, Cole Weaver. From Franklin High School, number eight, Austin Gilbert. From Springfield High School, number nine, A.J. Schnitzler. From Middletown Madison High School, number 10, Reed Davis. And from Tri-County North High School, number 19, Chandler Sproles. The coaching staff of the blue team, from Fairborn High School, Bronson Marlett. From Newton High School, assistant coach Jordan Kopp. From Franklin High School, assistant coach Matt Current. And the head coach of the blue team, from Bishop Fenwick High School, Chris Stratton. Ladies and gentlemen, the blue team. Thank you to the Bob Ross Auto Group for the continued support throughout the years. We here at the Dayton Dragons would like to personally thank the Bob Ross Auto Group on presenting the Bob Ross Classic. Now, ladies and gentlemen, please stand and remove your hats as we play the National Anthem. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, here are our umpires calling the game tonight. From Bellbrook, Bob Hess. From Huber Heights, Bill Peck. And from Castown, Steve Kirby. And ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to take a moment to thank the Bob Ross Auto Group for making tonight's game possible. This is year number 17 of the Bob Ross Classic, and without their support, this annual All-Star Showcase is not possible. Fans, please keep your eye on the ball at all times. Please remember that baseballs and other objects can leave the playing field at any time during the game. Therefore, please be aware of every at-bat. The third field is a smoke-free facility. Smoking is permitted outside the smoking gates at the main entrance to the stadium, although beverages may not be taken out of the stadium. 
Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for your cooperation. And at this time, let's play ball! That was a real fun experience. My second time PAing at Fifth Third Field this year. What a treat it was. It's nice to see. Great turnout of fans. A beautiful night, too. That was the night where the temperatures failed to get in the 80s, and there was a nice strong breeze blowing through. Also, the Celtic Festival was happening downtown Dayton as well, so Dayton was packed. Dayton was packed that day. But like I mentioned, Bob Ross Classic, it was something that I was a part of, and i like to share that with you, the listener. So, we talked about baseball, now we talk about soccer. That's right. And with most lower-tier soccer teams, your talent comes from colleges. Most of the Dynamo players, the Dayton Dynamo and the Dutch Lions, did. We'll talk about those teams, those three teams I mentioned. I know I mentioned two team names, but trust me, the Dutch Lions have a women's team too. That's three. Also talk a little bit about the Cincinnati Dutch Lions and FC Cincinnati preparing for a big U.S. Open Cup match against Miami, Florida. It's a good thing I kept messing up on the podcast earlier this afternoon and getting angry because, no, the Open Cup game is not tonight. It's tomorrow night. I'm glad I checked that before I published. So let's start off with the Dayton Dynamo FC. This is a team I'm currently broadcasting for and also filling in as PA announcer and Twitter feeder, not as interesting as the ever guy. Twitter. Job. Follow me, the lead W. Mallon. So the Dynamo had a tremendous 2017 season. I don't think I could say that enough in this podcast. I don't think I could say that enough with all the oxygen in my body. Six wins, three losses, and three draws. And four wins and two draws at home. Undefeated at home. They took a game away from each other conference foes this year. It was a great year for the Dynamo. And they made the playoffs for the first time in franchise history. And you're thinking, oh, but the Dynamo have only been around for two years. What's that to brag about? Remember, the Dynamo weren't always the Dynamo. It was a team in Cincinnati called the Saints that played around in a couple of pitches. And also an indoor team that played near the Tri-County Mall, too. I got to see indoor soccer. If you get a chance to see indoor soccer, I hope you take the chance because it's a lot of fun. You get blue cards in that game. Then you can sit in the box and then pretend you're playing hockey and getting penalties and everything. It's fun. Actually, no, it was a lot of fun. So I definitely say if you can get to an indoor soccer team to watch, go do so. You won't regret it. So between Cincinnati and Dayton times, the Dynamo's 2017 season marked the first march to the playoffs. Dayton won at Erie, one to nothing off a goal from Cincinnati Bearcat Peyton Mowry's header. I believe it was Tate Robertson, the Bowling Green Falcon, with the assist. And that happened in minute number 90. Scores affair throughout the whole thing until the last minute of regulation, then stoppage time, bam. Diamo coming off with a big win at Erie. In the regular season, Dayton lost to nothing at the Commodores. And then, moving on to the semifinals of the Midwest region, it was a tough loss. Dayton had a very rough first half. AFC Ann Arbor was the foe, number one in the Midwest region. 
AFC Ann Arbor had their way with the Dynamo in the first half. Dayton came back quite well and really made AFC Ann Arbor on their toes. But it was a goal in stoppage time in the second half that sealed the deal for the Dynamo's fate. AFC Ann Arbor won that game, won that match, 1-0. Next game, AFC Ann Arbor lost the Midwest Region title game to Detroit City FC 3-2 at Keyworth Stadium. Like I mentioned, heartbreaking loss, but you gotta think of it this way. The playoffs came down to the wire, and Dayton was watching FC Buffalo host AFC Cleveland, the Defending champs won the whole kit and caboodle in 2016. And the Royals needed another win to stay alive and put more pressure on the Dynamo's heels. FC Buffalo defended home turf, won that game 3-1, to and oh my god, Dynamo Twitter exploded. Yours truly included. It's an exciting time. Definitely can't wait for 2018, but fans remember most of these players play locally. You got Tristan Lyle, Austin Kinley, and Eric Hutton at Wright State. Like I mentioned, Robertson's at Bowling Green. However, the Falcons will be at Wright State October 10th. I mentioned that in a lot of broadcasts. I'll mention that until the game's here. You also have Peyton Mowry of UC. Former Ohio Northern guy, Matthew Kinkoff, I believe. And also David Janis, if I'm thinking right, formerly of Lebanon High School. Also had Alberto Zaragoza of the Wittenberg Tigers, the three school in Springfield, and also former Tecumseh Arrow. That's New Carlisle, Ohio, not too far away from Springfield. What I'm mentioning to you is a lot of local talent, a lot of local college kids. Go see them, please. You will not regret it, especially if you go to Wright State and or Dayton games. You'll hear my voice, too, because I'm the public address announcer. And yes, I'm really, really pumped up for soccer season. So we move on from the Dayton Dynamo, and we talk about the other team in the Gem City, the Dayton Dutch Lions, members of the WPSL and the PDL. PDL, of course, being another fourth-tier team, like the National Premier Soccer League. I don't think I mentioned that in this go of the recording I did a bunch of times with the first one, then I just got frustrated and closed the whole thing. Which is a shame, because I did say a couple funny things. I don't have the recording anymore, though, so you'll just have to take my word for it. And Dutch Lions, they have local college kids as well. Dayton started off the year quite strong, but fell to 4-7-3 on the season. Four wins, seven losses, and three draws. And in the Great Lakes division of the PDL... Dayton was 5th and had a goal differential of negative 12. That is 12 more goals given up than scored, if you're not sure what goal differential means. I think everyone else does. However, I wanted to make sure and cover my base. The Dayton Women Dutch Lions, they went 2-5-1. They don't play as many games as the PDL side Dutch Lions. When they were part of the W League, the USLW League, before that closed up shop, it was, what was it, 10 matches? 10 or 12 matches? But like I said, the Dutch Lions have the only women's soccer team during the summer around here. 
including Cincinnati and Dayton. Actually, Cincinnati has a WPSL team by the name of the Cincinnati Sirens, and they play at Lakota East High School, which is just off I-75 and State Route 129. Like I mentioned, these women play just as hard as the men. Go see them. Women's soccer season in college starts soon. In fact, for Dayton, their two exhibitions are both at home at Bojan Field. They're taking on Burlington. They're taking on the Miami Redhawks next week. Tuesday, Friday, free admission to Flyer soccer matches. You have no reason not to go. So go. Dutch Lion women finished two wins, five losses, and a draw. They finished fourth out of five teams in the Central Division Valley Conference in the WPSL. Now from the Dayton squad to the Cincinnati squad, the Cincinnati Dutch Lions, their first year at Northern Kentucky University's field. They played at Xavier University when I was working with the Cincy Dutch Lions, well, both Dutch Lions. They played at Xavier University. Nice pitch there, if you ever get a chance to go down and see it. But like I said, first year at NKU, and Cincinnati did a little bit better than their Dayton counterparts. Cincinnati went 5-6-3, and three, 18 points, 3 better than the Dutch Lions, and a goal differential of plus 1. And also, an interesting fact about the Cincinnati Dutch Lions... They opened up the House of Orange. It is a sports bar in Covington, Kentucky, donning the orange color. It's a very neat thing to see soccer grow so rapidly in the Sinday area. And lastly, for soccer, you have FC Cincinnati. Outside the Open Cup in the USL East Division, FC Cincinnati currently sitting 6th place with 30 points. Eight wins, seven losses, and six draws to the year for Coach Alan Cox's FC Cincinnati squad. But in the U.S. Open Cup, that's been the big story. Like I mentioned, the FC Cincinnati team defeated the Columbus Crew and the Chicago Fire in penalties. It's a great thing to watch and see and just watch Twitter go ablaze with the fans and seeing the big big event quite amazing stuff and you've no doubtly heard about the tales that FC Cincinnati is trying to get MOS not touching on that today that might be a future episode wink wink also the Cincinnati Soccer Talk podcast does a tremendous job following Cincinnati Soccer so the U.S. Open Cup game is against Miami FC, and this is the second time Cincinnati's going down to Florida. The first time, my oh my, who asked for rain? I don't think it was either team. They got rained out, and FC Cincinnati had to fly back to Ohio. And according to FC Cincinnati's Twitter, it is on line and on television. Looking on FC Cincinnati's Twitter, just FC Cincinnati. Also, FCC is an appropriate abbreviation, but not to be confused with the people that control what you watch on TV. Go to the news article. It will be on Spectrum Sports, so if you have the Spectrum cable, network, family, doohickey, machine, brings TV to your eyes, it's on Spectrum Sports. 
And it will be a kickoff at 7.30 tomorrow, Miami FC, FC Cincinnati. At the time, Miami FC, very impressive record. I think it was like 16 wins, 4 losses, and maybe a draw or two. Something like that. It was it was a record to be behold by any eyes. And by the way, this is the final two teams in the Open Cup that don't belong in top-tier Major League Soccer. Also, FC Cincinnati defeated AFC Cleveland and the Columbus Crew, making them kings of I-71. I don't know. Also, they beat Louisville City a couple times. Louisville City FC, sorry. And that's also on I-71 too, so there you go. So that's your look at summer from around the area. We mentioned summer ball. We mentioned soccer. We mentioned a lot of things. We've also mentioned that this has been a sporting summer. I just quoted the title of this episode. I hope you got that by now. I'm being really patronizing. That's just my dry humor, I promise. Humor in quotes. So that will wrap up episode 3 of the Gem on the Queen's Crown, talking summer sports in the Sinday area. Next episode will be quite neat, because that will be my first special guest episode, which has been voted on by an army of adoring fans. I don't know. People on Twitter that saw the poll, and I got about 52 votes and right now, half of them, with under a day left, voted for the local basketball guru. I think I said right the first time. <laughs> this recording. The early afternoon ones, I kept saying guru. I don't know why. Maybe I was thinking goulash. I was hungry. I don't know. But, prepare for episode four to have a very special guest. I'm getting the details ironed as we speak. However, the podcast will not be ready early next week. I like to have them Tuesday. That's sort of become my unofficial make a podcast, release it to the world day. It will be later in the week, possibly Thursday, possibly Friday next week. So, of course, this doesn't entail, can I get things to work on my laptop to record a call? So I certainly hope I can get this to work because I think it will be quite a treat. Follow me on Twitter and Facebook at the Lee W. Mowen. Also, visit my website, theleewmowen.com, and also check out the hosts of the Gem and the Queen's Crown, gemcitysports.com, GCSN. And also check out the schedule for broadcasts on the Gem City Sports Network. The first one is scheduled to be Central State University football. And that will be a later a later episode talking about fall sports coming up. Football one of them, soccer another one, volleyball another one too. It will be a good one. But episode 4 in the pipelines for later next week. For myself because I'm the only one that makes this. This is Lee W. Mowen signing off. Thank you, listeners, for your patronage for another episode. Episode 4 up next.
this has been the gem on the queen's crown music provided by freestockmusic.com hosting by the gem city sports network gemcitysports.com <laughs>